Welcome to Who Knew. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there, or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Tweet at us at whonewpodcast. And find us on Facebook. Today's episode is episode three of season six, The Curse of the Black Spot. Can the Doctor defeat a sultry siren plaguing a plundering pirate ship before she kills again? This episode is written by Stephen Thompson, directed by Jeremy Webb. It originally aired on the 7th of May, 2011, and was watched by 7.85 million viewers. Hi, this is Eugene. Let's introduce ourselves. Hi, this is Frank. Hello, this is Auburn. I'm Josh. Hey, this is Kelsey. Ow! Oh, I just nicked myself. Does anyone have a Band-Aid? And this is Brian. Avast ye listeners, for this be a tale of pirates and death. Ye be warned. A pirate ship is struck. A pirate ship is stuck in the still dark waters in the middle of the sea. One of the crew is gravely wounded by a small cut on his finger. On his palm is a black spot indicating that she will be coming for him. The captain locks him out on deck when they hear the beckoning call of the siren. The crewman screams and disappears. They hear knocking from below deck and open the hatch to reveal the doctor Amy and Rory? Yo ho ho. Just gonna say it first. Hello, Lord Grantham. So yep. it was down t- down at way after this. It was way after this. Yeah. Okay. But I think he was probably still a Oh he was a, yeah, he was known a well actor. known judging oh, yeah. from the oh, yeah. turn and yeah. hold for reaction. So we're yeah. talking about Hugh Bonneville who plays Henry Avery in this uh, episode. And as mentioned, he is um, Robert Crowley from Downton Abbey. Lord Grantham. Same person. Yeah. And um, he's also Bernie from Notting Hill. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Is that a big role? I couldn't remember. He was He's the one of the brother, friends. like the brother-in-law of someone who didn't recognize who she was and asked her, "What do you? So what do you do for a living?" Yeah, I don't remember the movie much either. The plot. So he is also Henry Brown in the Paddington movies, and in Gallivant, he was the Pirate King. So that's mm. convenient that he's playing a pirate in this one. So, uh, when I first watched this, I didn't recognize him. Second time I watched this, I found it a little distracting that it was Hugh Bonneville because I was I was thinking um, I was comparing I guess his performance to his performance in Downton Abbey. But I actually um, I like I like Hugh Bonneville as this pirate in this episode. I think it, on Downton Abbey he's like very reserved. He plays a very reserved character, so it was nice to see him with more range. So I, yeah. So I just, I thought that it would be distracting, but it ended up not. I really, I really liked Hugh Bonneville as this pirate. I thought he did a good job. Very good. I liked also his relationship with the Doctor. He's a good mm-hmm. actor. Well, Henry Avery was a well-known pirate. No, he was a pirate from 1694 to 1696. He was one of the richest pirates during that time. Mm-hmm. He stole the most. And he was a naval before that. And then when he oh, left the okay. Navy, he went on to his other ship, which was uh, Charles II. Charles, yeah. Charles too, and they had to do a job. They finished, but what they delivered didn't get where it was supposed to go after it got to land kind of thing, and so they were stuck in the harbor waiting for months so that they can get paid. All the people started mutinying, and since he had been in the Navy, but also still more of a common level person, you know, from where his background was, they had him as their leader, and so they took over Charles II ship, which became the Fancy, which is what's named in this episode, and had him as captain, and then he just disappeared. I was, I was going to say, like, 
like what after the plundering and all um they don't know where he went so they don't really have a death for him but they think when they died they didn't know if he returned to england hid around or went to an island with all the wealth but so that i thought was interesting going oh so this is, they're just having a little fun explaining what happened to this yeah like famous like pirate that. no that's really that interesting I and since it's a time travel show i like to put that he changed his name to db cooper when he traveled to the future. <laughs> That's a famous story of a guy that stole money and was in the plane, and then he jumped out, and then they never found the body or the money that he took. It made a movie and TV show. Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's high in the air. Oh, who's that a question mark at the end, though? Is it him? <laughs> uh, I liked... Um... At first, before realizing and remembering what the episode was about, the the small cut and oh, he's a dead man. Right. Like at first, I was like, oh yeah, medicine oh, back then, yeah, <laughs> infection. But then it, it quickly yeah got it got into the story. Well, to me, I thought it was a joke, but then they're doing it seriously. And I'm just what is going on here? And then I know what was happening. I like the look of this, the cinematography and how they shot it, the fog, the aloneness, the isolation, the. Just the lighting. It's not my favorite episode at all, but to me, it set a tone that it wanted to set and kept with it. And it was that pirate, we're telling, telling you a tale. This is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Just go along with this. Mm -hmm. I did like the set. Mm -hmm. The set looked good. I really like Hugh Bonneville's beard. I thought that was yeah. one of the best looking beards there is. Beardiness. It's so funny, Frank. I'm now thinking about it. I'm thinking about what she just said thinking about it and I'm like I'm like yeah we were in the same location the whole time but we've been in the same location on other episodes like but usually it's a spaceship so it's much bigger and this right. is a more confined space actually we're not on the ship the entire time never mind mm -hmm. it was almost but. a bottle episode and then it reveals itself and then it's a ship in a bottle that's right <laughs> <laughs> it was the same location there's just many planes layered that's right over it I remember what's important is location, location, location. <laughs> <laughs> I said that like that already. <laughs> he needs an education, education, education from Pete's track. And I didn't realize I said it like that. I'm laughing at myself. Okay, no one else is. <laughs> don't worry, the crickets are laughing too. <laughs> well, I don't want to be contrary, but it's one of the reasons I don't like this episode is maybe for me they did it too well, if you want to describe it that way. I can't stand how claustrophobic this episode is. Mm can't stand it. Well, let me ask you this. Why does this bother you when something like Midnight doesn't? Because Midnight is in an enclosed space. This is on a ship. And for some reason, being on a ship with fog mm -hmm. all the way around it, to me is, yeah, that's a stage wall. Yeah. To me, yeah. they've, they've jammed they've jammed this ship into its soundstage. And to me, it looks it. The ship looks great. I'm, I'm saying just the ship never forget the. I cannot forget the fact that they're on a soundstage. It does remind me of Pirates of the Caribbean when you go through the fog and you see that ship firing on the in, uh, space. The fort. The fort, yeah. yeah. It looks like that because it's, it's supposed you to be stuck. You mean the ride, not the movie. Yes, the ride. So it does look like it's stuck, but it reminds me of that. I don't disagree with you. You kind of feel like it isn't actually outside, but the premise of the everything being still is important for the plot later on. Yeah, that's why I was saying maybe they did it too well, and it right. just crossed a line for right. me. You got you to admit that, set, like you said, the set was amazing. Yeah, I like the set, yeah. the actual wood and the stuff on the ship. To me, it doesn't seem like the, that's fog blocking the ocean. To me, it's... A fog machine. A fog machine, <laughs> and half a foot behind that is a stage wall. And, then, and I can't get past that. And yes, the ship looks good, and this might just be because 
I'm I've been prejudiced by other ship movies, but that ship's extremely small, extremely small, because they wanted to build a practical ship, and I get that, and they're gonna do it on a Doctor Who budget. But if you look at the deck of that ship, they're only like three feet away from each other when they're doing anything. It's just I, I the whole thing just is claustrophobic to me, and I just can't get past it, and it bugs me. The whole episode has one vibe. I will say that until the very end, but even that still. I don't know, something clicked, and I just went with it. And I was like, this is fun. This is pirate. Okay, we're having, that's what he's going for, rather than adapt to the, some of the characters. So I was able to play along with it and enjoyed it a lot more this time. And I think this is the first episode of New Who that I have not watched since it aired. I think it's the very first one. I think I've even watched Love and Monsters. About Vampires of Venice. Yeah, I watched Vampire of Venice. Oh, wow. And then we watched it last night for the podcast, and I felt exactly the same way. <laughs> same here. But I'm glad you like it, Frank. <laughs> no tone in that whatsoever. Not at all. <laughs> Put down that sword, Frank. Put down that sword. It's a cutlass. <laughs> it's a cutlass. <laughs> Believing they are stowaways, the captain orders the doctor and Rory to walk the plank and tosses Amy in the galley where she finds some pirate clothes and a sword. They place the doctor on the plank first, but before he can jump, Amy comes on deck pointing the sword at the captain. A swashbuckling fight ensues with Amy fighting them off and flinging around on a rope. Amy nicks one of the crew and everyone says she has killed him. A black spot appears on his palm. Another crew member captures Amy who drops the sword, which accidentally cuts Rory. The cursed black spot appears on his hand too. As they hear the song of the siren, a woman appears from the still ocean waters and walks towards the injured crewman, who disappears in a puff of smoke at her touch. Rory walks towards her, enchanted by her song. Amy pushes Rory aside, but the siren tosses her away like a raggedy doll. They all go below to hide from her. I find it weird that Amy, in all of this danger, impending doom, has a chance to put on some different yeah. clothes. It was just a weird choice to me. There, there is some. Oh, I think it's very Amy. I know. But, she wastes her time doing it, but. But I that's think it's very what I Amy. don't like is that it takes time. I don't like it. Also, I just think she throws a coat on and the hat. Still, it's like get the sword, get the doctor free from danger. There's a handful of childish fun in this episode. Uh, juxtaposed with a lot of mortal and serious issues. It's off balance in that regard, but because there's stuff like that which feels like it's a kid show, then there's the other stuff which is very deep and has to deal with, you know, abandonment and death, longing and well, death. And perceived stuff. death. But you brought up Love and Monsters early, earlier, and it's like if you go for Love and Monsters being a silly, fun episode, most of it you really enjoy. And so this one, watching it this time, I thought it was going to be silly fun. We're having a pirate adventure. So I was right there with Amy going, okay, this is where we're at. I'm going all overboard. I'm getting the hat and the jacket and going out there and having a swashbuckling good time. You know, to me, it worked. It's not going to take that long to get a jacket and hat on. And I get it. To me, it worked. It didn't work for me. But that's, but to me, the level of it, because I was going into it with a different point of view. You know, it's not David Tennant's era. This is, you know, going to be Matt's, which is going to be more fun. For me, I thought it was thrown in for the viewers to remind us of Rory, not Rory's goodness, uh, to remind us of Amy's origins as oh. the oh. as the kissogram. Oh, like so she wears yeah, outfits. she yeah, she's not gonna pass up a chance to wear another outfit. I think that's another but I agree reason it was why illogical and it was a, it was wasting time. Yeah. I do think that might be another reason, just realizing it now, why I don't like this episode is because the tone is all over the place. Yeah. Mm, and that works on Doctor Who, but for me, it doesn't work in this episode. I also feel like, and this, I'm 
getting a little ahead, that Hugh Bonifil's performance is so intense and dramatic that what you just said about the, the, the tone being out of balance, you feel it even more. He's not in the same show that the rest yes. of us. He's in a very dramatic, yeah. and heavy... I think he's doing an excellent job. Excellent. Yeah. It almost feels a little bit more like time travelers have entered a dangerous situation. Like, this guy's not kidding around. Yeah. But like, this is a formidable person you don't want to screw with. Um, and then there's all this fun. Just now that we're talking, it reminds me of um, the werewolf episode. That Tooth and Claw? Tooth and Claw. Tooth and Claw, thank you. Reminds me of Tooth and Claw in that all this serious death and, and, and bad stuff is going on. And the doctor and Rose look at each other going, werewolf, I yeah. know. Oh, you're beautiful. That's amazing. For some reason, it works in that one for me. It doesn't work in this one for me. Because that's so fantastical but it is similar and i think maybe yeah. the reason why it didn't work for me the first time and this time i did is because i'm liking the doctor i'm liking amy i'm getting and this time watching it she thinks this time watching it i got amy and she was like we can still have some fun with this even though things are serious and i took it more from this is going to be more of a fun episode with serious diversion and tones rather than the other way around of being this is a serious episode and they're throwing so in a comedy that's inappropriate yeah um, but I was going to save this till later. For me, this entire episode, something's off. And in a way, everything is off. The writing's off, the directions. It's, so I guess maybe I just don't like it from how they produced it. But the writing's off, the acting's a little bit off, you know, the, the lighting's off, the cinematography's off. And it's just very claustrophobic for me. And I just, maybe they just do it too well. But for the entire time, I'm just like, something not clicking. And it could be the tone. It yeah. might be the tone. I think that you're right. I think the writing, is. the writing, the directing, everything couldn't couldn't make it flow the way Tooth and Claw flows. Okay. I think for me, thinking about what we've all just discussed, is that if they had cast somebody other than Hugh Bonneville, I would have picked up on the tone immediately instead of him giving such that great performance. Like right. if they had casted somebody like Stephen Coogan, I would have been like, okay, this is going to be fun. I can go with this. Who's Stephen Coogan? Tell everybody so they can... He was in the movie The Trip. He was the movie director in uh, Tropic Thunder. Um, He's this guy. Oh! Yeah, well, that doesn't help the listeners. Oh! Yeah. Is that... He always... Oh, yeah. yeah. It would have been a very different... Yeah. <laughs> and I would have been like, I get it. No, I, I always like a good fight where things are off balance. And even though that could be a problem with the show, like here I thought they used it well because, you know, Amy is going into it with an expectation of pirates. And all these pirates are have a different expectation because they know like any scratch, any cut, and they're dead. So I, I enjoy watching fights like that where each character thinks that they're doing the, the right thing and the, the other characters, you know, have a different motivation thinking like, Willow when um, that one he troll becomes a huge monster and Val Kilmer thinks that it's uh, everyone's scared of him and they're really scared of the, the monster behind him. Right. Amy's like I'm doing a great job yeah. fighting off all these pirates and they're just scared of getting cut and right. that's why she's winning this fight because they're like jumping away from the sword. This is after the whole Pandorica storyline and Rory the Centurion who waited two thousand years and he's pretty measly in this episode like he does you know what i mean like he doesn't he's not comfortable fighting he doesn't know what to do i mean sure he gets nicked quickly that's not a big deal but like he has no sense of confidence that he was just the centurion so 
I don't see him remembering the thousand years, two thousand years that well. Why do you say that? He remembers it, but I don't want to believe that Rory has memories of him being 2,000 years old because he's not. I think in the episode before this, the doctor asks him if he remembers, and he says something along <laughs> the lines of, sometimes he remembers more than other times. Yeah. So, and I'm that's the way I like yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, this is the same kind of feeling I had when Moffat makes the doctor 1200 years old. It's like, no, the doctor's 900 years old. Moffat, what are you doing? You know, it's just like, I don't want to believe 300 years happened in between that. But I talked about that in the last episode. <laughs> so, and speaking of the black spot, Frank. It was pretty much invented by Robert Louis Stevenson for Treasure Island. So that's the first time you see it in any kind of print. And that was, um, the pirates were presented with this to say that the verdict of guilty. Right, it's a piece of paper or or parchment or something. Right, and in Treasure Island it was written on the part of uh, Revelations, part of a Bible. So it was written on the other side. So that was part of it. Um, But then... Yes, if I'm not mistaken, the pirate he talks to first, Jim Hawkins speaks to, like, in in town, he's been given the black... He's hiding out. Oh, okay. He's been given the black spot. And they're thinking that, according to what I saw on Wikipedia, and I haven't found anything to contradict it, um, a tradition for Pirates of the Caribbean, huh, Caribbean pirates, um, show the person the Ace of Spades, because mm-hmm. that has that black dot mm-hmm. being the only one icon on the Ace of Spades. So that's where it would be coming through, and you put someone on the spot. It comes from that. You know, you're being accused, you're on the spot. This is what's going on. And then Joshua had also mentioned about mm-hmm. the Pentagon mm-hmm. that you see on the ship. Yes. Yeah, the pe- pentagram, the the gangway down to the hold, like they, oh, they yeah. push. Is it an actual pentagon or is it just a star? I think it's just a star. The star is a pentagram. Right. But with the pointing up, it's a Christian symbol. Oh. It was good. It was warding off hexes. That and it was the five wounds of Christ Mm -hmm. together and all this. So with the pentagram pointing up with the one star, it's supposed to be protection. It's supposed to be good. Oh, okay. It's like the cross. I see. The other way around with the two stars or the two points going up, it would be the horns. I see. So that's well, what it was, kind of like the cross, but at this period they have the pentagon, pentagram. Oh, that's sorry. right. What do we even say? We say <laughs> pentagon. pentagon. Yeah, pentagram. Thank you. I mean, the, you know, still five. So we got to do this all over again? No, because it's, it's, it's okay because you can say pentagon star, a star-shaped figure formed by the sides of a regular pentagon. Because when if you look at the center of a pentagram, it's a pentagon. <laughs> It's true. So, we're good. This is today's factoid. Okay. We're also human beings that make mistakes, and it's sometimes interesting to listen to. Hello, we're on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make mistakes. So, I'll just insert in pentagram. 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 Sure. Pentagram. Pentagram. The pentagram also uh, was on Sir Gawain's The Green Knight shield, because of the Christianity. That's someone found out. But I'm, I'm assuming that's something that many ships had in that day, especially if it was a Christianity thing. Oh, no, it looks no, like I think something it's they drew on that. Was it for the, yeah, I think that they were trying anything anything right. that they could think of. Gotcha. Uh, I just wanted to point out that um, Amy just doesn't find one sword. She finds all the swords because they've all been put down in that oh, treasure box yeah, so to, they don't keep, to themselves. protect themselves. Yeah, and then if you notice, they're fighting with sticks. Right, mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. So, just something I didn't notice until the second time watching. And I was like, oh, that's so yeah. clever. One guy was I, love the, I love the terror on their faces yeah. when yeah. she comes out with the sword. And it's like... <laughs> mm-hmm. 
in the first time I watched it, I didn't, I didn't get it, I just didn't think about it. The importance of his medallion, the captain's medallion, which has the mermaid on it, and he ties the door up with that after locking it. You know, they focus so much on it, and then we find it later on, why? I thought so, they just both had a medallion with the mermaid on it. Yeah, this, yeah especially later on with Toby, it's kind of like, what's going on? Because I think it maybe did it for protection. Yeah. But yeah. So I I said, it seems I, like there's a scene missing. Or yeah, some I kept waiting for them to explain it, and they never did. And there's one really good doctor moment in this when um, the pirates say that the ship is cursed and the doctor's like, oh, you humans, you can't be bothered to find an explanation. So it's just kind of like, there's scientifically something going on here. Oh no, we're just cursed. We didn't mention it at the top of this though when the doctor first talks to the captain. He he says we saw on our sensors that there was a ship in distress. Right. But I like how he then, you know, there's no translation to that time period of sensors. Automatic. Yeah. It goes, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he thought automatic. was is automatic in a word that yeah term. well he said the tardis noticed ish that your ship wasn't working yeah. like yeah that was nice it wasn't like talking down but it was talking in the vernacular of the time right a foot of water covers the floor and the leech attaches to one of the crew when he pulls it off it leaves a cut and his palm now carries the black mark the siren appears from the water and the crewman goes poof <laughs> The doctor believes that she is using the water to transport around so they head to the armory, which is the driest place on the ship. There they find a real stowaway, the captain's son Toby, who snuck on board after his mother's death to be with his father. He is sick with a black spot on his palm. Toby says he believes the captain is actually an honorable navy man. Then he opens a barrel of water, which almost lets the siren in. The doctor proposes they use the TARDIS to get everyone to safety. This is a little too minutiae like, but I'll just talk about it right now. How, like, when she, when Amy had the sword and they were like, oh no, I, I took me a minute to really catch on to that. And I think because of the claustrophobic of the of the set everyone's too, you, you, they're they, too close. They, they couldn't get a good shot to see them actually move two-dimensionally on screen it was mm. just about the reactions so there's a lot of like there was no master shot yeah like there was and, and then even still I didn't want to bring this up because I talk about filmmaking a little too much on this uh, uh, but uh, I don't think so many of but like many of the shots of the ghost uh, were medium shots it was like mm -hmm. just all medium shots except for where she shot out of the water from a distance so there wasn't a lot of depth going on mm. in this whole episode so, which exactly you know maybe they were going for claustrophobia yeah but, they, they're definitely going for claustrophobia but I feel like I, I there were a number of times in this episode where I felt like a half beat behind what was happening and then I'd be oh oh okay but sometimes it's good because you want things to be ahead of you you don't want to know what's coming right but I felt a little like I kept having to. And for me, up. I always wanted an establishing shot. Yeah, yeah. It just—it's like I, I need to set. I need to set the place. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they thought they got one because the camera was as far back as it could go. I bet you they had discussions and they, the director and everybody said, "Don't do a master shot. You'll because really we, show how yeah. small this is." Yeah. But like, I understand it's like, what you're saying. Yeah, it's like in the fight scene needed yeah. an establishing shot, and but it wasn't. It was like you're focusing on Amy, then you're focusing yeah. on the reaction. I we don't even know how close of, they are together. That's exactly it. I couldn't get a sense of how close she even was to them. It was like Police Squad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that literally, <laughs> that must have been what it looked like. Right. Um, but I think that's one of the one of the things. Before we go on with the episode, this is today's factoid, uh, where we say um, they go to the armory, which is the driest place on the ship. That is the origin of the phrase, keep your powder dry. I don't know that I phrase. I don't know that phrase. <laughs> you don't know that phrase? No. Oh, yeah. It means to How's not, it it's means to not uh, get into sticky situations. 
do things honestly and forthright stuff. Mm. So, yeah, you keep your powder dry. I found out You've recently. You never heard that? No, I never heard that. Wow. I recently found out what's Am I the up. only one? No, I've heard it. Oh, Cause, thank God. Because it's also practical because back then gunpowder couldn't be uh, lit yeah. if it was wet. I get it. But on I the ship. Never heard no, it. I know. Yeah, that's why they kept it in the driest place. Yeah. So, keep your powder dry. Don't, don't screw things up. Don't, don't do things bad. I recently found out what, what uh, son of a gun meant, means. What was that? Yeah, I've heard that one. It's that um, back in the wartime, when sailors were docked uh, in port, they would bring hookers or women back because uh, they had no private barracks <laughs> to where the guns are, where it was private and no one could hear them. Mm. And so if you were son of a gun, you were basically a bastard. And you were, your mother's a whore. So that's what they say instead of saying son of a bitch, because son of a gun's much nicer. That's well, shut the front mean. door. Yeah. Take that back. Mm. But that's what that is. Sorry, I'm going to say it. So many of our slang things are navel. It's just incredible. Anyway, done. Both here, um, when the siren grabs this pirate in the hold and on top of the deck, no one's really trying to protect those pirates or, like, hold them back the way that they are with Rory. Like, um, on the top. Yeah, I saw, like, when the guy with dreads was walking yeah, up to him, yeah. they were like, the see ya. The doctor's like, no, don't, uh-huh. yeah. stop. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. Even the crew is like, whatever. Uh, yeah, you he's gone. the crew, though. Yeah. How I rationalized it was, he was curious, well, how is this going to be? What's going to happen? Yeah, but it was... <laughs> but then the second guy, like, he's seen one person, yeah. one pirate disappear, and then down in the hold, like, again, they're just like, no, stop, don't. And <laughs> exactly. Then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. That, Very Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's what I was trying to remember where it was from. No, stop, stop don't, don't come back. <laughs> but I like how Rory acted, and he just kind of brushed Amy's hand away yeah. when she was trying to stop him. What's up? It was like that was a cute little bit. Rory's line, um, her eyes were like pools. Like that almost felt improv just from um, Amy's reaction. Like she laughed a little bit yeah. too realistically oh, at it. Watch that again. Yeah. And I like that the kids stole the. Uh, key of the first right minute. right it's like i don't have the key i don't have the key the doctor just opens the door it's like who's been sleeping in my <laughs> so i like that that the kid's resourceful one uh set of numbers or storyline that i would like clarified so the kid's mother had been waiting like three years i think toby said and then she's been dead about a year also, I think from Toby. Yeah, so I remember thinking that too. Like, so this kid's been on the boat how long? Well, no, this is so a very recent. I sailing. think he's been on the boat only a few weeks, if that. Yeah. But I mean, how many years has it been since Hugh Bonneville has seen his son, who's about what eight or ten? I think he it's says been like three week. years that he went away to, on mm-hmm. the navy, from what this storyline mm-hmm. is saying. So he hasn't been home to see his wife and kid in three years, and it was just a few months ago. It was like that his mother died last winter or last year. Okay. Yeah, so it's six months or less. It's re- so that's very when, recent. That's when he went, and on this last trip, which they seem like they just left on this voyage. Yeah. They haven't really done anything yet, and then got stuck. We well, had the treasure. It may have been two weeks or less, you know, being the eight days mm-hmm. stuck there. Mm. Plus, also, he's a stowaway. How long can you stow away without being discovered? A one, a two, <laughs> three <laughs> weeks can be it. So how long ago? Three, three years. years. Three years. Three years. So if he's, what did the kids seem, eight or nine years old, or is he ten, maybe? Oh, he could have been, now I think about it, I mean, he could have been like 15 or 16, because when you're malnourished, <laughs> like, so. you age right. slower, so. <laughs> I I, he did look very similar to the last time. 
The doctor and the captain make their way to the TARDIS, but it won't move. Something is taking control of it. It's dematerializing to somewhere unknown, and the doctor can't stop it. He and the captain leave as the TARDIS is sucked away. Meanwhile, the two healthy crewmen decide to leave Toby, Amy, and Rory behind, grab some treasure, and head to the rowboat. The boy calls them cowards and demands that they are honor-bound to stay as his father ordered. They tell him that his father is not in the Navy, but a pirate. Toby cuts one of the pirates with a cutlass, while the other pirate runs, right into the doctor and the captain. A gunfight ensues. The pirate locks himself in another room and lights a fire to see. He burns himself, and the siren appears. Poof! He is gone. The doctor and the captain burst in and see that there is no water around. The doctor was wrong. What? What? <laughs> Say that again. The doctor was wrong. She uses reflective surfaces to travel, like the still water or polished treasure. So this is the part where the captain goes in the TARDIS with him, right? Yes. Yes. I really like that. Mm-hmm. It's like no time for this and that. Uh, Just do what I love it to do. When the doctor, but the doctor's explaining this piece, this piece, right, this right, piece, right. and the captain's like it. navigation, you know, power. It's like a ship is a ship, and I was like, nice touch. It's I one like of those that. moments where I start to see like, oh, he could be a companion, like where you could see mm. people can, who can and who can't, and we'll have to get to it later when the story, uh, when we talk about the story. But did would they ever say why the TARDIS actually left? Yes. They don't say it here. No, they don't know. They don't say it here. Okay. Right, we'll, we'll he get... doesn't know where it went or what happened. Right, we'll, like, we'll get to it. Because I, I can't. But he was saying that it wasn't working, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they never. He, they, we have he to get couldn't move here. it. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. It dead zone, like still water, like the ship yeah. was caught in. Oh, that's the reason? Not the reason, but, but that's, that's part of what they took it as, kind of a thing. Okay. They don't know why it right. did what it but did. But we find out the, towards the end of the episode. Yes. Okay, very good. Also, with the captain and uh, the doctor in the TARDIS, I think, like you said, the the acting and reacting between Matt Smith and Hugh Bonneville is great. Like, the whole time they've been sizing each other up, like, yeah. oh, I'm a captain too, oh, now I have a hat. And then here, <laughs> like, oh, his ship is rubbish. Like, right. Yeah, no, they they really played well off of each other. Um, and that says a lot for Matt Smith, who, you know, still doesn't have a ton of acting experience at this point, going against uh, Hugh Bonneville, yeah. who has, like, a pedigree of, of really, like, higher roles. But but I thought it worked. Yeah, I like, too, how they were both boasting to each other you know and then even when he got in there he just expected it went from the doctor expects him to be impressed to oh this isn't going wrong now um, this, it, uh, my TARDIS is my ship is looking bad so he's embarrassed to oh no we're in danger where he's almost ignoring the captain because no you don't understand I'm not embarrassed anymore we have to get out yeah. of here it's really really and that happened so quickly and so clearly very, it's very, very good even as they're running out abandoned ship yeah. Like, yeah, playing with that, uh, the navelness of Right, like, how can I everything? communicate with him? Yeah. <laughs> a little earlier, I liked how the doctor said, this isn't a curse. Because curses mean we are helpless, and we are not helpless. It's mm-hmm. like, don't mm-hmm. give in to that. And when they're going to go get the TARDIS, it's because Rory and Toby are affected, so they can't leave that room right. to go out. Right. Because, I mean, right. right. So they go to get the TARDIS, and Amy's like, you know, be careful. He goes, well, we all have to go sometime. And you just see that right. they're remembering... Like Silencio. Right. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> they know that this isn't going to be it, so that's going to be good. But they also know time can change. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And, of course, there's a nail sticking out. That was just... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's just a little bit too much, but... Oh, and you know what bit. I noticed? He was wearing gloves. Like, when he had stopped his hand, he had gloves on. He probably had gloves on so he wouldn't nick himself. Mm-hmm. Which surprised me that he didn't that. take his glove off to check it for a spot when they heard the siren. And both he and the doctor looking at each other are going, did you get a cut? Did you get a cut? What's going on? Where are we? Well, he would have seen it on the glove. 
No. The spot? No, the no, like if he had a cut on his hand. Oh, I see. Yeah. It could have been anywhere. It could have been, been anywhere. Yeah, something happened to his I foot see, I see. or something, but why didn't you take the glove off to right, right. That was what Mulligan burned himself inside the whatever room right, he was right, in. Right. I did like the other pirate Mulligan running around with the crown on his arm, shooting and everything, and just had the crown because that's all. I think he put everything in his pockets. Yeah, like treasure bags, right? Yeah, yeah. Just but he had kind of like, but I just loved it, just shining there. At this point, the medallion got me again, going, "What is he checking his chest for?" And that's when I realized he doesn't have his medallion anymore. He doesn't have the mermaid medallion, and that's what he was looking for. Because on the next thing. They cut to Toby having it. So we're missing that scene where he gave it to Toby. For no, we're not. No, no. We see him we give see it, it to Toby. Yeah. Before he and leaves. I missed that scene. Before, <laughs> yeah, before he leaves that the the, the gunpowder room, he gives it to Toby. And I took that as, this is protection from the demon. Yeah. So I miss that totally. Yeah. yeah. But it could have used some dialogue to back it yeah. up. Like, this has protected me. Yeah. Hopefully it protects you to yeah. let the audience know. I, I inferred it, and it was there. But again, you sneeze, you miss it, mm-hmm. and then you don't even know. Toby begins to polish the mermaid amulet his father gave him when the doctor and the captain warn them that the water theory is wrong. The doctor stops Toby and then breaks all reflective surfaces in the room. He convinces the captain to throw all the treasure overboard to eliminate any reflective surfaces, which they do, but the captain keeps and hides a crown. They all batten down the hatches for the night as the siren's song surrounds the ship. Toby asks the captain why they have not heard from him in three years. The captain leaves without answering. Amy sees a woman with an eye patch in a secret wall, but when she rises, it's gone. Was she dreaming? So what in- the what? Yeah, that was really creepy. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. is the second time we've seen the eye patch woman. Yeah. Creepy. In a pirate episode. Open a open another wall and then yeah. Say. Yeah. This time it fits with the motif of pirates because of the eye patch. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Still weird. Still weird. Yes. Correct. This is just like out of the blue and right. nowhere. So this is starting to become this season's bad wolf or crack or oh crack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad Wolf came first, so the crack was that season's Bad Wolf. But this is like (laughs) things in the scene. I guess Bad Wolf was too. It's bright. Bad Wolf was much more subtle. Yeah. Yeah, it's the season's big mystery. The SBM. (laughs) (laughs) That's an industry term. Yes. Actually, an SBM means something else. Seasonal bowel movement. (laughs) (laughs) It's sad because I thought that, but I didn't say it. Hey, Um, I'll say it win, lose, or draw. I don't care. I'm upset at the doctor for breaking the mirror. Not for the whole bad luck thing with mirrors, but all those little shards. You said she can come out of any drop of water, and you got shards everywhere. Just throw the whole thing overboard. It's like, well, now there's thousands of little reflections. Or cover it up. Yeah. The mirror? Anything. Like throw it down. Anything. You know, it's like you're stuck in the armory next to the powder and barrels anyway, so take the powder out and dump it everywhere that's reflective. It's not reflective anymore. He scuffs the medallion and that's fine, but all the other stuff's gotta get thrown overboard. Maybe for time. They could have thrown water or something onto the mirrors and then just thrown gunpowder onto the mirrors. That's what you're saying, right? Right, but the stuff that they smash in the mirror and the windows, that's not in the powder room. No, it's not. They had to go in there specifically. That's, That's the thing. Like yeah. you were saying. Yeah, you're right. Don't I, go in that room. We had to have that scene to set up that treasure is very important to 
oh, the yeah. captain because the idea of throwing it overboard freak you know like he, he didn't want to yeah. he didn't want to. i think there are a lot of little good ideas in this show that on paper really work but in practicality you start threading these things together and wait wait when did he say this and like wait why did they go in that room and there's a lot of things like that and and putting together whether it was there and need to be cut out for time because technically you don't need that explanation because what transpired in this show actually does progress the story but what happens is it just feels like a lot of little holes like we're talking about so I also remember the first time going through that scene in particular, thinking back to the angels and how they retrofitted like any reflection in an eye, then your eye becomes an angel. Yeah. And like the same yeah, world. So that's like, a reflection too. Yes. So that's why she has eye patch. Eye patch. Yeah. yeah. I think this is this is that's you where know. eye patches for pirates came from, actually. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you know where it came from? No. It came from them fighting from uh, top where there's light and the, the bottom where it's dark. So you have one eye that's adjusted to the dark. So when you went under deck, you would switch the eye patch over so you already adjusted. Oh. Yep. Really? Yeah. This is today's factoid. And <laughs> Wow, that is interesting. In addition to if you lost an eye. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would just go, oh, wait. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't want to freak out the other pirates. Right. You didn't want to freak out. Yeah, exactly. Cover that up, matey. <laughs> Did we get to the point where the doctor confronts the captain about like him giving up his wife and son for riches? No, that's the next line. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so that's my note. I'm done. I have no, nothing else to add. Well, he never gets to that point. I'll wait. The doctor and the captain have a heart-to-heart about travel and Toby. Eugene? I don't like how this is forced. It just feels... Oh, like, really? Just here's exposition in the middle. It just felt, the delivery to me felt like we need to write this in and then this is just it. As opposed which, which to... Which part are you, what are you talking about? Where the doctor's like, it, it's the fact that the doctor is confronting him with like an emotional story thing and it, it, it didn't feel earned. It just felt very uh, by the numbers. Like this is the road sign we need to hit and take, off, take on the on-ramp mm-hmm. and do this right now. Maybe it doesn't bother me because they're good actors. And that's why, maybe that's why I'm spotlighting it, because I think it could be done better. I think it goes along with what we're complaining about this episode, where they have a lot of good moments that aren't threaded together well. Yeah, and I think that's why it's hitting me this way, yeah. or incorrectly. I like the scene because it showed the doctor wanting companions and trying to convince him, no, it's nice to have people with you when you're traveling. And he had isolated from his son, and it seemed like it would be hitting me over the head with his speech, and they don't go there, where he goes, no, I'm not the father he needs. And hitting over the head would be the doctor saying, but you're the father he has. I said that I was waiting yeah, yeah, I I too. for that line, like, It seems so obvious, but I'm glad they didn't go to that, because I, it came up in my mind as well. Yeah. But it's like, no, but he can be more than, he can be a companion. He can be someone to go on this adventure with you, and that's mm-hmm. the doctor talking about his own life, going, that's why I do this. It's fun to have somebody there. But Mulligan's gone. That's why they get a duo. They get a do-over with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the only reason I remembered his name. <laughs> a storm swells, and it's all hands on deck. Toby discovers the shiny crown in his father's coat. The siren appears, and Toby is gone in a poof. The doctor throws the crown overboard, and the siren disappears. A rigging comes. A rigging comes loose and pushes Rory into the raging sea. The doctor opens a barrel of water to summon the siren, who dives after Rory, hoping that the siren can be reasoned with and that the others are still somehow alive. Big leap there, Doc. The doctor, Amy, and the captain prick their fingers. A black spot appears on each of their palms, and poof. Okay. 
here's where the but here's where the doctor realizes that the captain abandoned his family for riches because he kept the crown and thought that was more important. What? No, and I thought it was like I thought I was going to elaborate a bit more. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, nope, I, I think I, I, it up. I've said enough that I. <laughs> so again, I think this is a really interesting idea that the doctor figures out. Maybe they're being teleported if it wasn't in a split second that he realized it. Clue, like, some other piece of information, like one and one equals two. All he got was one. Mm-hmm. It's, we, but, already, we already had the big leap of, oh, it's not water, it's reflection. Oh, now we have another big leap. Oh, it's not death, it's transportation. Uh, or tell- and that's something with Moffat's writing yeah. that I don't like. Yeah. It goes too fast. You only fast. get to know everything exactly when you need to know it. Right. You're just but trying it's to too say much. That. It's too much. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Too much of a leap. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I don't want to no, that's be the it. advocate for it, but I'm trying to, no, to it, say I, I, it's there, and I think it's done badly, and it needed to be yeah, more. That's addressed. all. I, but personally, I would have enjoyed a little bit of a sprinkling or seeding of this, like yeah. if there was some sort of teleportation clue, like with ozone. It smells like ozone, and then when he gets yeah, when something. he first gets onto the ship, he's like, "What's that smell?" You know, something just like mm-hmm. something small yeah. like that would have totally fixed this whole thing for me. Yep. Remind me where we what what clues in the doctor that the siren can be reasoned with? Nothing. 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 Okay. <laughs> well, she goes she her. goes for Rory. Cuz he says Cuz Rory's no, dying anyway. Her. He immediately realizes there's nothing that they can do to save him. She's going to go after him. Maybe that she's not killing people, maybe she's just teleporting them somewhere. So, if there's ever a chance, we'll risk being killed for the small chance that we're going to be teleported. Yeah, it's kind of a Hail Mary pass. Yeah. Kind of but with a Hail Mary, you at least know what someone's trying to do. I, I just, it's not there for me, so no, it's, it's, it's tough. Oh. The reflections are gateways allowing passage between the two ships. They find the remains of the space crew who have died from an earthly virus. They find the pirate crew, Toby and Rory, still alive on medical beds near the TARDIS. It appears that the black spots were harmless tissue samples. Rory wakes up and the siren appears so she can sedate him. The captain shoots her and she turns on him. The doctor sneezes, blows his nose, and watches as she destroys his used handkerchief. He confirms that she is an automated emergency medical hologram uh, program of a doctor. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. She wants to help the people but is unfamiliar with human biology. Amy tells her that she is Rory's wife and will take care of him. The siren holds out her glowing hand, a kind of release form. Amy places her hand there, and the siren disappears. He smashed out all those windows in the captain's quarters, so the whole reflective thing doesn't really work if you can... if the... Right? Well, I think the reflective thing like, is, is how they got like... through. It's not how they were watching them. Not how they sieged. Well, to argue with space logic, it's the plane of existence rather than the physical manifestation right. of a thing. But that also was a scene where Amy comes in, and it's right before the storm. And she's going to talk. She looks groggy, and she's going to tell something to the doctor. She goes, doctor, i got to tell you something. And I think what she was going to tell him was, I had a weird dream about a woman with an eye patch watching me. But you could also argue that she wants to tell the doctor about his death. Like, it's not clear either way. Hmm. Right, but looking at it more and more, as I because I kept going, what is she trying to say? It didn't seem to be about the doctor. So as far as the aliens that we see that are dead, why didn't the doctor be, why wasn't the doctor able to save them? Not the siren doctor. The siren doctor. Oh, the siren yeah. doctor. Because they weren't up on their premiums. Oh. <laughs> I got you. Is there pre-existing conditions? Yes. <laughs> 
That's and, one thing that isn't addressed at all in this episode, yeah. whether or not she didn't come online until too late. Yeah, you know, that's or, the thing. There's all these really good ideas. Yeah, there's all or, these really good ideas, but there's no threat. They were her. They, you know, they were in charge, so they said, "No, we got to finish what we're doing. We cannot go into stasis." Oh, maybe. And they went down with all the right. ship. Well, I mean, yeah, that's all. <laughs> and, and to me, this reminds. It's a reference to War of the Worlds, where the Earth virus kills the aliens. Yeah. That's what I got out of that. The captain won't leave his son who has typhoid fever. He believes he can sail the spaceship away from here and destroy the overlap. Amy and the doctor try to unhook Rory from the table, but he can't breathe. He was drowning when put on the table and will continue to do so if he was removed. Rory wakes up and convinces Amy that they should move him because she can revive him with CPR. They pull the plug and take Rory into the TARDIS. Amy begins CPR and doesn't give up until Rory begins to breathe. The captain and his son pilot the alien ship away with their now revived pirate crew. Once he, I didn't, no. oh. I just I didn't think that he would continue drowning. It's just he would have been drowned. Well, yeah. he's struggling, like he's drowning. There's still water. He's not dead. Because like, if you're continually drowning, you can't be resuscitated. No, I think that basically. But you can be resuscitated if you have. I took it as Rory drowns on the way to the TARDIS. That's how I take it. And then it's like, okay, you've just drowned. We'll bring you back. That's what I see because I think it was just seconds before um, death. dying, yeah. or he already was. You know that nowadays we don't know exactly when death occurs. Whether when they stop breathing. Yeah. Or anything. It's like the oh. mind goes on. How many minutes do you have to revive somebody? You know. So he was at that point. And they had him intubated in some fancy so, alien way. And then where they you took could the still intubation talk. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So that was still keeping him on this side of death. He's still somewhat alive, but with all that other stasis. And, and once again, Rory dies temporarily. <laughs> yeah. How many times is this? Five hundred and seven. The part that I really don't like is that you have another crew piloting the ship, and it's all the pirates. And I I know that we established that the captain is familiar with piloting a ship. A ship is a ship? Yeah, I get that. But then to have the rest of his crew with him, it's a little much for me. I did wonder about that because the son is going to die from his illness. He has that. The other pirates, like, it's a a cut. So it is like they could go back to our world and the cut heals and everything's fine for them. But no, they smile and just stand on the ship going, we're in space because that's what pirates do and to me it says they're coming back for later on in the season or something it's just like i don't care but that is what pirates do they stick with their captain it's a it's a it's a pirate movie trope i mean half of them had mutinied yeah i was gonna say he's gonna run away with the treasure i just didn't like it just think of space treasure so much better than earth treasure (laughs) (laughs) what i really didn't like was that it seems so fake of a need the doctor should be able to revive Rory without any problem. The doctor should be able to save the kid by going getting medicine or bringing the kid to a point where they do have the medicine and he could save him. You know, it's like, why not this time? Why did Amy have to be the one to try and resuscitate? Yes, I get the dramatic point of it. But the doctor standing there like, oh, too bad Rory's dead. Yeah. (laughs) It It is very weird to have the doctor standing over. It's like, help, doctor. Doctor. (laughs) That's your name. You could be doing the mouth to mouth while she's doing the CPR or something. Dress to her, you know. Yeah. And That's no, what I mean. And Just, at no point did I think that Rory would not be revived. I mean, the staging yeah, is always, there, yeah. but it's, it's like, but the doctor's it's acting fine. like he won't be. Yeah, that's what I don't like about I, it. Yeah, that I did not yeah. like. I agree with you. And not being able to save the sun seems mm-hmm. wrong. Just even give from the TARDIS would have information about human biology. Here, you can help with the typhoid for this kid. You know, give it to the siren. Probably would have taken one round of antibiotics. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> to, I don't know, typhoid? Um, I do like the line 
line where Rory says, I'm a nurse, and I know you can do it. I liked that. Uh, there's a lot in this episode, and I know I'm a bit of a broken record, but that I really like. A lot of the ideas are really good. It's just the glue hasn't set. <laughs> Along those same lines, I know in the, the summary, you guys say that, or, or we say that Amy begins CPR and doesn't give up until Rory begins to breathe. But the way that I saw it, she gave up and Rory like started breathing on his own a few moments later just because... Yeah. See, I'm wondering why they brought him onto the TARDIS. Why not just CPR right there the on the table? The I figured, thing. like, because just... if they did it in the hosp- in the sick bay, the the um, the, the siren, siren would How long did it take them yeah, to the get there? Yeah, the siren would get in the way. No, it was yeah, right the there. Siren it was in the way, even though she stayed. No, the siren was turned off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signed... I, I just realized that. Yeah. Now there's they there's a lot. Yeah, because it was whatever. I mean, to get to the TARDIS was yeah only what 12 feet. Yeah, it was right there. Oh, and does he explain why the TARDIS is there? Because it got sucked into the ship. Wait, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. Back to this decide what plane of existence it was on because it was oh. on the merger. And so the doctor tried to do it and the TARDIS was trying to leave, but it's like, well, what plane am I leaving to go to? What plane do you want okay, me to so go then to? How did, it it get, how did it eventually stuck. get there? So the siren and things, it left, but you saw that the glow around it was very weird and different. Mm-hmm. So it went either because of the siren or just it decided to pl- go to that plane. So it showed up the on the spaceship. Left? So it showed up on the spaceship. Oh. So this is the, the plane I'm going to because I'm space. <laughs> I understand that. But right. the... And then they were able to use the TARDIS from the ship because the captain sails the ship and breaks the connection between the two planes. So now then the TARDIS is on this plane but can work. The, the doctor did say that it didn't know which plane. That's again mm-hmm. one of those yeah, quick, quick little what? That's a lot of things <laughs> too. Is they'll line. give you a piece of information before you actually yeah. know what that information actually means. Hold up. I understood that they're on two separate planes. I got that, but I didn't think about when the ship sailed away and then the TARDIS got left from that ship, how did it get back to their plane or does it not matter? I think they abandoned the the fancy, the pirate ship. The, boat. Yeah. the spaceship moved, moved away with, from with that the TARDIS. plane. So now that was no longer in that intersection point. And the TARDIS could either stay on the ship or stay and on the... And now the sh- the pirate ship and the spaceship are in the same plane because they no, moved away. No, They're both on different planes, but not in the same They're space. not intersecting. Oh. It's like this. We, we missed this, but one of my favorite moments in the this episode is when they arrive in that sick bay and the captain goes, Toby, Amy says, Rory, and the doctor immediately goes, the TARDIS. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like I remember all that. finding the people they love. <laughs> one thing I don't like when the siren turns evil and then we find out that the evil is just her uh, attacking the, the the germs, I guess if you want to call it that. Like, there's no reason why she should look demonic or mad or angry and create fire. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's such, I agree with you. Like, we can, I can understand why she looks ethereal at first, but there's no reason for her to look like what we in, in Western civilization see as angry mm-hmm. to attack that. I mean, I, yeah. I get it because it's supposed to explain why the ghost looks angry and it's part part of that whole right i mean yeah, i guess one could argue like she's picking up the like this is what these these beings these pirates like she's feeding off of what their idea of good and evil is and that's a really cool idea if it was explained right. like i think i only like this episode because we can get together <laughs> and talk about what's not there and reason out yeah, yeah 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 i needed more logic in that yeah. aspect 
Amy wants to tell the doctor about his death at Lake Silencio, but Rory reminds her that it's the doctor's future and they can't tell him. They go to bed as the doctor looks at his console monitor. There is a readout about Amy and her pregnancy, but it's fluctuating between positive and negative. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> so this is the only time someone could be a little bit pregnant. I just... I just got like silencio. I got the connection to the silence in the last uh, episode. I just uh, got that. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that bad? Also, the medical readout looks like rib cage, kind of on the top, and then like a spine. At mm -hmm. least from the angle that I was looking at it, and the the part that's highlighted is like the her spine in her back. Like I know there's not organs there, but it was just. If, no, it was the, her the womb. womb area. Yeah, in front of the spine. Some interesting production note about this is that The Curse of the Black Spot was originally planned to be the ninth in this season, but was moved uh, forward prior to filming as uh, Stephen Moffat felt that the first half of the series was too dark. So that's why he wanted to balance the tone. So this was the lighter? The lighter-hearted episode. Okay. It's mentioned that Henry Avery robbed the Mughal of India. The Mughal dynasty were rulers of India for three centuries prior to 1756. That year, the British dethroned the last emperor Emperor, after which the British East India Company began governing the country. Is that where the term mogul comes from in English language today? Could be. No, I, I think it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Eye patches, moguls. What else did we learn today? <laughs> <laughs> and then in continuity, the historical pirate Henry Avery was previously mentioned in the 1966 serial The Smugglers, which uh, that story is with the first doctor, and they are searching for Avery's gold. Hmm. Toby Avery is played by Oscar Lloyd. The Boatswain is played by Lee Ross, and he has appeared on The Catherine Tate Show. Hmm. Mulligan is played by Michael Begley, and he will be appearing in an upcoming episode of Doctor Who. Uh, and then uh, the other one of note is Lily Cole. She plays the Siren. The thing that I recognized her or from her credits, she was in The Last Jedi as a party girl lovely lovey like a girl that is partying or a girl that is loyal to a political it says I'm, I'm assuming it's a party girl at the casino planet mm. she might be the woman with the real the real person they're looking for because oh, she Justin says a line Trudeau. and he's like oh I'm, I'm gambling okay so she is on the casino planet she's on that the casino right. mm -hmm. Next to Justin Trudeau. Well, okay. Uh, Stephen Thompson, who wrote this episode, is has also done other uh, Doctor Who episodes, uh, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, and Time Heist. And then Jeremy Webb is going to continue to direct another episode, The Wedding of Riversong. So the curse of the black spot. Who is this episode good for? Or more specifically, this episode is good for who? A new viewer, a casual viewer, a fan of the show, or a diehard? I think Frank has a very distinct opinion. Do I? You do now. Watching well, this this time, I liked it more, and I was thinking it's standalone, but I don't think it's good enough to show a new Who viewer to get them enticed into the show. So I don't think category one for a new person. I think a casual could like it, as long as you preface it like it's a little more of a just pirate, pirate fun type of thing that has serious overtones. So I'm gonna put it in just casual. I think if I knew somebody who was very much into pirates, 
I would maybe introduce Doctor Who to them with this episode. But other than that, I agree with you. I think casual um, is where I find it fits best. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with as well. Casual. I'm actually going to say fan, um, which is unusual for me. I think I would say casual, but I think there's just too many problems writing wise. Like we're talking about, like, I'm not impressed. Again, I really like the ideas in this and I really like the performances. So I think it's a fun episode to watch, but I kind of don't feel it's a, a well done episode considering what we're talking about, the, the, the flaws it has. And I wouldn't want to show it to someone fresh or even casual because I don't think it's the, the quality isn't what a lot of other episodes are so I say ban and I'm going back to mine <laughs> saying oh. you're right and I wasn't listening to myself which was an idiotic <laughs> thing to do because I said I liked it better this time because I knew the relationship right. the doctor had with Amy right. yeah and I only got that because I'm a fan and I've yeah, watched yeah. the rest of her season and I know where she's coming right. but so I do... I've got to change it to fan okay. that's, that's where it should lie you're totally right yeah. and but I, I said it earlier and I was like I just didn't listen to myself I do agree with... like Brian <laughs> I do agree with Auburn though that uh, if someone, if you think someone wouldn't would overlook that stuff and really enjoy other stuff, then it's totally good for a casual. But uh, but overall, yeah, fan. Um, well, I'm a fan of Doctor Who, and I didn't like this episode the first time around. And I I I like I don't hate this episode, but I don't particularly like it either. I I find it disappointing, but I also agree with Auburn that I wouldn't use this to introduce or whoever said I wouldn't use it to introduce someone to Doctor Who so that's why I can't put it in new where like I can understand the plot and I can understand everything that's going on there's not anything in this episode that I would need to watch previous episodes of to understand what is happening so I'm going to say this episode is best for a casual viewer um, originally I was going to say casual, but Josh and Frank made some good arguments, and so I put it in fan. You kind of, you enjoy it better if you kind of know what's going on. Um, and you're somewhat forgiving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll, I'll say fan. Over again. Yeah. So for me, this episode is very problematic. I don't know where to put it in. Uh, I think I want to go for a fan for the reasons that everyone has said why they want to put it into fan. But for me, what sticks out is it being not good is the inconsistent logic with the EMH program. I needed a line that says... I, I know what I said. It needed a line to say that it's buggy. That's why it has that angry look. Mm. That's why it has all these weird things where it doesn't work sometimes, but then it works with Amy giving the release or getting the release that this is her spouse. And then um, this episode feels like a lesser version of The Empty Child where there is a medical program that doesn't know human biology and then it's not really a bad guy. It's just misunderstood or Mm -hmm. not working properly and to me the empty child works far better than this and it's also because it's a period piece the empty child was in world war ii this is in the pirate times uh at the end of the empty child the doctor figures out what the nanobots need to start fixing everybody in here i don't know it's not clear what happens mm -hmm. so i'll just have to put it into a fan because this is an episode that i don't watch normally but you have to be a fan to watch it so that wraps up The Curse of the Black Spot. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew? Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. Find him on Facebook at The Universe Explodes. All our episodes are engineered by Auburn. You can find him at auburnbinkley.com. You can also find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel. 
youtube.com slash who knew podcast all our episodes are on who knew podcast.com visit our facebook page please leave comments reviews and click like to help support who knew podcast to listen to our show on your amazon echo device enable the any pod podcast skill ask any pod to play the who knew podcast this podcast is inspired by dr who the longest running sci-fi show in history and especially the revival spearheaded by russell t davis thanks to russell sydney newman verity lambert ron grainer delia darbyshire and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite time lord your work continues to inspire and entertain this is today's factoid mulligan is played by michael begley and he will be appearing in an upcoming episode of doctor who can you do that one over mulligan Ha, 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 ha.